Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, co-founder and chief royalty officer of Royalty. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hey, welcome back to Money in the Air, the Neighboring Rights podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Gina. Please today, can we talk about disputes, featured versus non-featured and the definition of contracted featured? I just think it's still arising and it's still really relevant. It's still relevant because the definition of contracted featured artists has an implication into neighboring rights. So every single CMO, to my knowledge, has two pools of royalties for artist royalties. And there are going to be featured artist royalties, which is typically a much larger percentage of the overall artist share, and then a non-featured artist share. So this is session musicians, background vocalists that supplement the recording with their performances, but they're not actually a part of the band. They are not the primary artist that signed with the label that released that recording. In those cases are eligible to receive non-featured artist royalties, which is a very specific pool. For example, at Sound Exchange, they reserve 5% of all revenue that they collect from performances from SiriusXM and Pandora and pay it to the AFM SAG-AFTRA Intellectual Distribution Fund. That is what gets paid out for non-featured artists. And the artist share, which is 45% of whatever they receive from those sources, is for featured artists. We could have a case where you have a band, for example, with four members, and they've hired three additional musicians, two instrumentalists and additional background vocalists, to add to the recordings on one of their album. It could be a case that the actual metadata that is inside of Sound Exchange's system reflects seven total parties associated with that band, which is incorrect because there are four, there's one band, there's one band name, four members, and three additional session musicians for that track. In these cases, we want to make sure that the claim on the recordings from that album, you have either one payout for the entire band, oftentimes a band will set up an entity to pay out as a whole, or which I think is the better way to go about it is to split everything pro rata between the band members if they don't have an, an arrangement that differs from 25% for all four of those band members. This is an issue if the additional session musicians are listed on the actual featured artists columns in the Sound Exchange database, because then the non-featured artists are essentially pulling income from the featured artist pot. That's really important. And what you said about it being signed, that's the important word signed, meaning a contract, an agreement. So the most important thing about it is that you are signed, that the initial featured artists are signed with a label. And this is proven with the actual agreement that you have with a label. It'll list the band name in this case, and then also provide 
the band members that are assigned to the label to create that album. Then for session musicians, there might be another contract is provided to hire out independent contractors for the recordings. Basically, if we've got a situation, for example, with Sound Exchange, where you've got your four band members, everybody agrees they are the four band members, and then you've got these three that are suggesting their band members and perhaps have been paid in error. So that's something you would suggest that you actually get hold of the original contract, or if that isn't possible, then you would find some sort of evidence out there online that confirms the said four are the true band members and then have a discussion with the collection society to recoup any income that's been calculated on a percentage basis perhaps incorrectly and do we know how long these disputes usually take to resolve I mean, it varies case by case, but oftentimes what the societies will do is they'll put a time box on the whole thing. So at Sound Exchange, I believe it's around three months that the counterparty has to respond. So if I find a recording in that is understated, a percentage that I should be getting paid more on, I'm going to send that claim into dispute and then the other party has a fixed amount of time to respond. And if they don't respond within a certain amount of time, then my dispute is valid. And is there an amount of time that it can go backwards? So for example, if you have the band and they're getting their featured artist money, and then 20 years later, the orchestra comes forward and says, ah, we played on that recording. We want our neighboring rights now. How far back can they go? It, this also depends society by society. For example, at Sound Exchange, their recoverable, their reprocessing periods for past period royalties between accounts is three years. So the, they would go back three years of royalty earnings and then redistribute if that was valid. Now, if it was an orchestra that was disputing this, it wouldn't be eligible because there were non-featured artists, contracted non Contracted, they were not contracted featured artists on those recordings. So that would automatically get rejected and they would have to go to the AFM SAG after fund to go get their royalties there. So with PPL, it's it's around about six years. But what you're saying is if we've got a band that in the top 10, let's say 20 odd years ago, and incorrect royalties have been paid out, the percentages have been split times seven rather than times four. 17 years worth is gone, three years recoupable. Ah, very good. Okay, so there's hope if there are mistakes. There is hope that if there are mistakes, however, this highlights the importance of really staying on top of what your registrations are looking like at your CMO and making sure that they're accurate as soon as possible. So I recommend on a quarterly basis, doing a review of all of your recordings and your registrations that are in the system and update your claims, just so that these issues don't go on forever because these uh, the CMO shouldn't be liable to pay out 30 years, I mean, however long they, they have of earnings if nobody took action on the artist side to, to correct these, these mistakes. Yeah, totally agree. It's, it is the responsibility of the artist who has the account with the Collection Society to 
check their claims and, and ensure that they are correct. I mean, I've seen it work both ways. I've seen contracted featured artists be listed as non-featured artists is either unclaimed on tracks or claimed in the incorrect role, should be contracted featured. He is the artist rather and has been listed as non-featured. I can't go back to the 80s, but what I can do is a little bit of damage limitation and go back as far as I possibly can. Yeah. Ensure that going forward, the claims are therefore correct from now on in. And as a lawyer, I'm going to say paperwork, 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 everything signed, little agreements, even for session players, make sure they understand that they're hired on a day rate and as a non-featured performer. Such an easy word to include in a, a one-page napkin agreement. So much will get resolved if you just have documentation for every, I'm sorry to say, but documentation for everything that you've done. I mean, these songs are your livelihood. So please take care of them, get documentation, have records, copies of signed agreements for everything that you've done, because that's what's ultimately going to be defensible. Absolutely right. Guys, this was great. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody out there for listening. We couldn't do this without you. And if you have any questions about this or anything else, info at ifr.co.uk, I-A-F-A-R dot C-O dot U-K. Have a great week.